You're listening to The Q's Podcast, episode 151. Welcome to The Q's Podcast, where leaders and experts discuss the top topics in credit unions today. I'm Lisa Hograff, Senior Editor at Q's. Today's guest, Scott Hackworth, talks about the 2023 Q's Executive Compensation Survey and the 2023 Q's Employee Salary Survey. Before I introduce you to today's guest more fully, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. With increasing regulatory expectations and growing complexities surrounding cybersecurity, it's often difficult for in-house staff to manage audits and exams, implement security controls, and keep up with the latest industry trends. And it's even more challenging for credit unions to attract and retain staff in today's competitive market. That's why CSI delivers a holistic approach to optimizing your credit union's IT and cybersecurity posture with CSI IT Governance Services. CSI's IT governance experts ensure your credit union's IT and security strategies support your business goals and offer guidance on a variety of topics, including business continuity planning. Our strategic business consultants collaborate with your institution's stakeholders to develop a business continuity plan, also known as BCP, and provide additional departmental disaster recovery planning guidance. Having an up-to-date BCP helps institutions prepare for unforeseen circumstances while minimizing effects to members. Since CSI's strategic business consultants work with credit unions of all sizes and in different markets, they stay up to date with industry trends and regulation, allowing your credit union to benefit from their deep bench of knowledge. Visit www.csiweb.com to learn more. Our guest today, Scott Hackworth, is a CPA and president of Industry Insights, Inc., Q's partner in its annual compensation surveys. We smiled the last time Scott was on the show, And he said his professional mantra was, in God we trust, all others must bring data. In this episode, Scott says the importance of data continues and adds that choosing good tools for analyzing your data is important too. In this show, Scott talks briefly about the package of tools available to credit unions that use the data from the Q's surveys to inform their HR practices and individual professionals who use the data to help them reach the next milestone in their careers. Scott also talks about the overall compensation marketplace and the implications for credit unions doing talent recruitment, hiring, engagement, and retention. Overall, the surveys this year find that pay is again up for credit union employees, especially for people in the top positions such as CEO and, interestingly, chief solutions officers. There are a few topics more compelling than your next paycheck. So let's get started. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you, Lisa. Happy to be here. Yeah, we've had you here before. I remember chuckling about the mantra you said you lived by the last time, and that was, in God we trust, all others should bring data. Is that a <laughs> mantra you still follow? Yes, I do like that quote. I guess I cite it often, and that was W. Edwards Deming, I think, uh, who had said that. And, you know, it, it is an important thing to live by and to follow for sure. Yeah. And do you find now, two years later, does it connect with compensation about the same or differently? Like, do people have a different perspective on data and compensation today? Yes. In terms of the need for data, uh, you know, it's never been greater. It's never been more valuable because we've never been able to do so much with it and learn so much from it. 
right now, you know, the big thing in the Fed and all of that with interest rates and, you know, what are they going to do? And can they pull off this soft landing? The reason that they're able to do that is because of data, right? They have data and they have these sources and modeling and everything that's never been possible before. And so, yes, I mean, in terms of the value of data and the value that that makes for making good decisions, it's never been greater. And so, yes, I would strongly encourage everybody to use data whenever possible. Yeah. And the most powerful data tools they can get their hands on, right? They, those sure. are changing. The numbers don't change a lot, but the but the way we can manipulate them certainly has. Exactly. So before we jump into the data on the Q's uh, surveys this year, let's talk a little bit about the overall marketplace for talent and what general compensation trends look like right now. Sure. In general. And so our, our company, um, our firm, we study close to 100 industries in terms of the compensation levels and, you know, their operating performance and such. And right now, the top concern on everybody's mind still is finding, retaining talent. And so getting the best talent and once you have them, keeping them. And so certainly it's still a very hot job market. Now some things are softening and we're seeing some good indicators there, and especially more recently. Uh, where maybe, you know, there's a little bit of softening in that. But still, uh, you know, there's one and a half jobs for, available for every one person who's looking. And so that still creates a very, very tough job market in terms of as an employer looking to hire. It creates a lot of opportunities for the employees. And so just creates a lot of pressure still. Another good reason to do a good job with the numbers and to look at compensation numbers and to think them through, right? For sure. And the numbers are important on both sides, you know, for the employees to know their numbers. So that way they're getting fairly compensated and, you know, that they can evaluate, okay, is this situation, I love the work-life balance, I love the culture, is my pay, maybe it's slightly below average, but I'm willing to forego that, you know, I can do that. And as an employer, you want to make sure that you're hitting the market. And that you're, you know, putting together a competitive package that works. And so, yes, for both sides, using the data and, and using that to make sure that you're in the right spot is very valuable. That's really a great point that it goes both ways. It's useful to the job seeker as well as to the employer. Absolutely. So what are you seeing in the Q's compensation data for credit union leaders and for staff people this year? What stands out to you? Definitely. <laughs> The year-over-year -year comparisons are still very high. Um, there were significant still in the high, it's high single digits, whereas uh, in 21, it had been the low double digits, but we're still in that 7, 8, 9% year-over-year change. And that's on a same sample basis. So looking at the same groupings of companies, same employees largely, we are seeing 7, 8, 9% pay increases, which that's significant. And that puts a lot of pressure on the operating performance of the credit unions. So they're definitely paying a lot in order to make sure that they keep stability, especially among the top ranks. Now, we are seeing that on down uh, with a lot of the general salaried positions. We're also seeing that, but especially up in the executive ranks, we're seeing that they are having a lot of incentive pay there to make sure that they are pushing for performance, but then also retaining that top talent. Right, right. Interesting. So within that top grouping of 
people that you're seeing with the biggest of the salary increases. Are there some specific positions that pop this year as getting special attention? Well, the one that made the biggest stride <laughs> this year, and I don't have any data to explain why, but according to our data, Chief Member Solutions Officer, they had actually a 22% climb versus 21. So looking at that year-over-year comparison, they had a 21% climb for the typical employee in that position. So the typical executive. So they had a significant jump. And then a lot of the top level positions also had significant jumps. For instance, CEO was up eight and a half percent, which at that high of a level, you know, an eight and a half percent jump is significant versus the four or five percents that we had seen historically. Mm -hmm. So the CEO is always an awesome position to look at. Everyone's interested in the CEO, but how interesting that it's the chief member solutions executive that's seeing the very largest increases here. Can you tell me a little bit more about what was included in the definition of that position as you did the survey? Sure. In terms of the chief member solutions officer, we have, according to our definition, that they are responsible for growing the credit union membership, and that they are really responsible for providing that effective member solution service. Um, so I know I'm using a lot of the words there, but they develop, implement, and assess the member services strategy, making sure that that user experience, the membership experience. And so obviously that's really valuable because we know that the asset size of the credit union is very important overall to the credit unions themselves. And so having those members involved, feeling part of that community is a key strategy. Yeah, indeed. We hear a lot about the member experience. How is it from beginning to end? So it does fit with that line of thinking that this particular position would be seeing an increase. So, For sure. And, and there's also a lot of data, a lot of data analytics and uh, pieces getting more and more involved in those positions as well. Indeed. And I imagine that, you know, it's kind of like IT. We've talked about IT other years, right? It's a specialized skill to be able to manage IT. It's a specialized skill to be able to run the numbers and put them into context in an appropriate way. For you sure. You might have to pay for that, right? And, and that's true. And also just going on how specialized of a position, it takes a lot of qualitative skills and quantitative skills as well. And that's a tough combination to find. There you go. So a little bit more uh, nitty gritty question now, if one of our listeners were to get either the Q's Executive Compensation Survey or the Q's Employee Salary Survey or both, what suggestions would you have for them in terms of using the data in each of them effectively? So the two are somewhat different in terms of if you acquired the Executive Compensation Report, what I would encourage is that you look at the standalone data by position, and that you look at that for evaluating, okay, what compensation level should I be at? What is the average? You know, what is the medium? What is that standard? But when you're looking at the year over year raises, you know, what kind of a trend line are you on versus the industry? Uh, we have this really neat cutout where we're looking specifically at the same sample. As I had mentioned previously, where really we, our team does a really great job of narrowing in and identifying that, okay, this is the same employee as last year. What is their compensation this year versus last year? And so that way we can establish more of a year over year, true trend comparison. And so looking at that to see, are you on that same trend? When the industry is getting an 8%, did you get a 10? Did you get a four? 
how do you compare? So that way it gives you a more robust experience with the data. For those who are on uh, maybe looking at the salary piece, that is all online for you and allows you to filter the data. And so you can filter the data, customize the aggregates so that it's exactly representative of your circumstance, whether the size of credit union that you're with, or maybe it's the community type. And so you can really zero in, make it as representative of your, your own circumstance as possible, and then see those results. So that way it gives you this report that's basically a very, very close representation to your circumstance to evaluate. I do also want to mention that this year for the executive compensation piece, there is a compensation calculator that is available. And that it's pretty interesting. Our team builds this where essentially you can put in your attributes. And so your years of experience, your education level, the size of credit union that you're with, what your title is, and it will render out the expected compensation range for yourself. And so that way it's all regression based, but it comes out and just gives you this nice, very detailed, very specific range for yourself based on those features. Also, you can come in, you can change the years of experience and say, hey, I only have three. What would it be if I had 10? And it will render out that. So there's some learning that can take place as well. Some vision setting that could be done with that kind of a tool. That's very cool. I'm glad you brought that out. Sure. So it kind of sounds to me like the data is in place and the tools too, that both credit unions and individuals, so on both sides again of the compensation discussion, could get a lot of benefit out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Qs has put together really a nice suite of services in terms of the data for its members. And so on both sides, there's a lot of usefulness there, whether you're you know, in HR at one of the credit unions or you're one of the executives or one of the staff people yourself. Just being able to generate those data, yes, uh, there's really nice tools available inside the portal for you. And I'm sure as our partner in this, Scott, that you and Industry Insights have had a lot of input and done a lot of leading on the way to having that nice suite of available tools. So thank you for that. <laughs> we appreciate that. And yes, it's been a very good partnership for sure. Yeah. So I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I always love having you on the show. I feel like we could talk all afternoon. But before we do close up, I would like to offer you the opportunity to answer a question that I didn't ask, but that you would like to talk about with our listeners. Well, I guess some other nuances within the data that maybe we could talk about. Um, one is the age of uh, some of the executives. We can tell from the data that the average age is moving younger. And so we're seeing that as many of the boomers, I mean, you know, have started to exit. And so there is some turnover, there's some shift, as we would expect. And so we can watch that. That has been pretty neat to watch just to see the data play out in the samples. So for many of the positions, we can see that in particular CEO. That was evident in this year's data. Also, we are seeing at the executive level, and in particular in the CEOs, more women. So a little higher prevalence. Not, you know, it's not getting anywhere toward... 50-50 yet, but it is ticking up. So we're seeing a positive trend in that direction. And also to a lesser extent, we're also seeing a little more diversity amongst the top ranks as well. So all of that at least is a positive for the industry and is definitely moving forward. 
That's all really interesting. Let me ask you a little bit more about the age shift. Can you give us a feel uh, like maybe five years ago or so? And I know you like to be precise, but I'm okay with a more general answer. What the average age might have been of, say, the CEO slot. And now today, what did you see? Like, how big of a shift are we talking and how young are the people getting? Overall, on the average age, it might not feel like much, but we're probably getting about five years younger than we were five years ago. So it is significant. But to get to those top ranks, you have to have a lot of experience. So you're kind of dealing with a, you know, a relatively short span to begin with. So yeah, getting three to five years younger is quite a significant shift. And yeah, yeah, so it's definitely, in my opinion, it's going to bring some fresher perspectives. And anytime there's turns and change, uh, it provides opportunities. Indeed, indeed. And the other thing I was thinking about is maybe I shouldn't have talked about averages because an average will squish a number in a different way than talking about a median. Were you talking about median age more than average age? Honestly, to me, I I was using the central tendency pretty universally, I guess. Um, I was just kind of shifting the line a little bit because what we're looking at is frequency of age bands. And so I'm kind of processing that and moving it forward. We are definitely seeing more shift toward younger less experienced, you know, coming up because they just don't have that yet. And we're seeing a little fall off on the far tail of the most experienced in in terms of the proportion. So fair enough. And there, that answer is proof positive that you are the numbers guy, the guy who knows the data. (laughs) So I appreciate (laughs) you bringing that expertise today. Thanks so much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. I would like to thank you, our listeners, for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to today's episode of the Q's podcast. And many thanks to Scott for sharing his deep knowledge of compensation and how to best use data. Learn more about the Q's Executive Compensation Survey and the Q's Employee Salary Survey at qs.org slash product hyphen service. Find a transcript of this episode at cumanagement.com slash podcast 151. You can also find more great credit union-specific content at cumanagement.com. Thanks again for listening today. Cues is an international credit union association that champions and delivers effective talent development solutions for executives, staff, and boards to drive organizational success.